What's going on, everybody? It is another Wednesday night. This is Track Chat with the most known unknowns. I apologize for our delay. You know, Stamps Internet don't work, and he's in Michigan, still doesn't work. Uh, Lamont couldn't spell, so he had to get his name right. <laughs> but we have some special guests that's going to be joining us this evening. I'm going to start with Kaji. Um, he's going to be here speaking with us about the North American Track and Field League. And one of his athletes is here. Is anyone else going to be joining you, uh, Fearless? No. No, no one's going to be joining me. Personally. Okay. So they're going to be speaking about the North American Track and Field League together, uh, definitely from his experience and what it is. Kaji, we want to know about like how the idea came to fruition, uh, how is it going so far, how we can be a part of it moving forward, and so forth. So first off, how is everybody doing this Wednesday afternoon? Doing pretty good on my good, end. Good, good. Oh, all right. So what about yourself? What about yourself? How you doing? I got my team back. You are? Yeah, you back this year. I got Welcome. my team back. Welcome so you back. know what that means. Welcome back. I had to yell at one of them. I had to yell at one of them just to break the rust. We're going to see what you do with it. Welcome back. Yeah. You've, been in, you've been in quarantine a year. so And a half. And a half. <laughs> so welcome back, man. Right. Welcome back. Now I'm great. We uh we T minus what four days, so I'm ready. I'm ready to have mine back on campus. Uh, move in started today, you know, throughout the weekend. We got physicals and all this stuff. Sunday team me Monday. I can't wait. So, all right, let's get into it. So Kaji, for the people that don't know you, man, uh, you used to be my agent. Mm -hmm. uh, you're still. And agent out here, but now uh turn entrepreneur or event planner slash put owner slash promoter slash all of the above slash trying to change the game, trying to modernize the sport of track and field. So North American Track and Field League, what is it? Where did it come from? Tell us all about it. Well, um we started this a long time ago. Uh, and over the years, we've had discussions. I've had discussions with kids from Barbados about how it, the state of it, state of track and field is there throughout the Caribbean and even here. Um, but about three years ago, oh, wait a minute now, let me back up. That was 2015 and this is 2021. So in 2015, we made an effort to bring both to Eastern Michigan University because they have a 30,000 30, seat stadium. And so we, decided we would like to see this man run on U.S. soil. I think he'd only ran at Icon, and there were no plans for him to ever hit any other part of the U.S. So we were like, if we can get this guy here, we would pack out this stadium. And we tried. We had a budget. We, we came up with a budget of about 150 grand, and his budget was half a million just for him. And I was like, oh, uh, I guess we, we can't do that. We just couldn't get it done. We, we tried, but we just... We didn't have that much money to get it done. We had a few thousands here and a few thousands there, but not enough in the time frame once I reached his agent. But in that process, we um, got to talking about you know, track and field. And, and many times we've talked about, it should be a league and how would you do a league and so forth. So we decided to focus on that. And that we was me and my wife. My wife is the entrepreneur. She's always trying to be her own boss from the time I met her till now. And, and you know where i grew up you work hard study hard get a degree and work and do well i wasn't thinking anything about entrepreneurship um 
she brought some professionalism to what I was doing as an agent um, so that I had a, a process and all that. And so we, we, we decided to do that. We bounced into this by first reaching out to Brian Bond because of what he had done uh, with Drake Relays. And we got that going. Um, your former agent, just before me, I mentored him and we bounced in with him. And he had some ideas. We, he'd gotten some information from other places and we compared um, some of that information and we tried to formulate some things. Um, Brian Brown stepped out. He was too busy making tons of money at Missouri, too busy with his family. He wanted to make sure he could do that. So he bounced out. We brought in a football guy that I know very well. And because he was an NFL player and his son was an NFL player, he could give us an idea of what that professionalism looked like so we could start to you know render some thoughts. And we, we brought in a um, marketing guy, we brought in a person that knows the numbers and so on. And then we reach out to people. My wife would spend hours into the wee hours of the morning on LinkedIn. She probably went from five followers to 5,000 followers. And out of those 5,000 followers, she reached out to you know, 4,550 of them, asking for things, getting information, all of that. So that's how it came about. But to get down into the deep, um, discussion of what it was um we had to formulate what we think it would look like how it would look like and most of that work was done by my wife and i so we, de we determined we would do a three conference um league um western central and eastern so we top top and bottom um of the country as opposed to breaking it up like how um basketball and football is question no, once again, all right. So the theme, the theme of this thing here is Stamps has the worst Wi-Fi connection in the world because he refused to he refused to get an iPhone. So this is what happens when you Android or or I don't have an iPhone, but this phone is the beast. Whatever you have, Android man. Whatever you have, give it to Stamps. Well, I'm in Ann Arbor. And he's two hours away at the man. Back. Look, I'm telling you, Kaji, he can he can be at Xfinity. It's not gonna matter. <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter. But he knows the story, so he just bumps back in as he comes. Right, so so Kaji, uh, Kaji, I want to help you out because I don't want you to get labeled as a uh, long-winded like stamps all a month. So all right, you got three conferences, all yeah. right. West, East, Central. Yeah, right. Okay, how many teams? Six teams in each conference. Okay, so 18 total. 14 of 18. With okay. the plan to do 16 competitions a year. The idea would be that each, each, each of those teams in their conference would compete against each other for a conference champion. And then we have three of those um, conference champions come together for a national championship. Okay. How, are the, how are the teams being put together? Um, 12... 12 um, people in on a team with um with alternates added so a total of right around 276 athletes all together um the the original idea and people trying to say something else about it but the original idea is to have um mixed mixed teams you know men and women and a lane for paralympic athletes and an empty lane for whoever we can get either a football player that wants to see if he can run against the guys, just like you've seen before. That was an idea we had. Call somebody out of the um, audience to compete. We would give them a pair of shoe, 
15, 20 minutes to warm up, line up and see if you can do it. Um, we got some high jumpers um, involved that can slam dunk, bring up somebody that think that they're a dunk champion. You put the high jumpers up against them and just see if they can do it. You're not going to try to get the slam dunk guys to try to high jump because they, they might not know to do a flop, so it might hurt themselves. But we know that the high jumpers can dunk a ball. So just different things that we've looked at to try to get um, – Make sure we're doing the entertainment part of it. Um, one well, wait, guys, hold on, hold on. So yeah. again, so let's back to the team. So yeah. if I wanted, if I wanted to be a part of a team, how do I get on the team? Is there a tryout? <laughs> like, is there a draft? There's uh, a draft. There's a there's a okay. draft. And um, we what we would do with that draft is you you go on the website and declare, and part of that declaration will be. What your event is and what your performance is your personal best and your season best if you run for the year and we would then select individuals from that determine whether or not they're falling to um a first round draft pick a second or third or top middle or low depending on the performance okay. in the events that we have the yeah. events that we set this up with certain events for women certain for men um on the women's side we, we were doing 100 meter hurdles, uh, a 200 and 800 long jump on the main side, and then the relays, four by one, four by four. On the main side, we're doing um, the 100, the 400, the 110 hurdles for, for men, uh, up to the mile, and the high jump. That's their field event. And then, of course, the, the, um, the, the relays. We did that deliberately to draw our people. Those are all. Um, power and speed type events as far up as the mile is, is you know so we're not trying to at this point we're not trying to bounce in and get the five thousand and ten thousand and all that we, they already got their thing um this is to attract what we know people like to see speed and power and where can i find that as it's among people that look like us so that's where we're starting and getting things going and then as traction and interest and things develop we would look to see what we can pull in. Okay. Um, still sticking with the team. Are there are there team owners? We don't have any team owners at this point. Okay. But the plan is, yeah, you want to be a team. Uh, to own a team is $5 million. Okay. Um, now. So we think there are individuals that will want to do that, but we want to make sure it's packaged right, it's attractive enough that people want to come in and jump in on that. Okay. And so with within that ownership or even just the structure of the league, you're expecting that each and every athlete on every single team will get a salary, right? Yes, that's, that's the plan. Okay. Uh, which is completely different than what happens currently in our sport. Exactly. Okay. All right. Now, uh, let me jump, let me jump and bring fearless in real fast because man, you, you got something missing off of your name. What's that? Take a wild guess. It's three letters. Uh, I got something missing off my name. Fearless. Yep. I don't know. Tell I think, me. I think Stamps know. Stamps, help him out. Uh, I, I want to see if he can figure it out. See, my, my brain ain't clicking. My brain ain't clicking like y'all brains right now. So I got I need some help. I got uh, three I got three things, three three letters you said missing off my you got, name. You got three letters missing off of your name. Letters or numbers? Letters. Fearless Leach. 
I don't know. That's my guess. That's only you two. Close. You close. Huh? Oh, oh, O L Y. I got exactly. you. I got you. I got you. All yeah. right, all right. So, exactly. so you all want to highlight that I'm an Olympian. So we're going to do that. So then we're going to say that I'm a two-time Olympian just to start there, the conversation. There we go. So let these people know who you are, man. Well, yeah. So as you can see, I'm Fairless 365, but I, my real name is Jamal Wilson. I am from the Bahamas. I am a professional high jumper, entrepreneur, philanthropist, so on and so forth. Jeweler. Right. You know, I, I put that in the entrepreneur category. Okay. Yeah. All and right. I'm here. We here to talk about track and field and whatever y'all gracious man want to talk about. This All evening. right. So, um, to my understanding, you are a part of the league right now, correct? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which team, and which team are you on? I am on the Chicago Blazing Storm. Okay. So, how did you come to be a part of the league? Like, how did you know? What was your buy-in? Who contacted you? You know, how did it spark your interest? Well, I was contacted by the big man himself, Joseph Codrington. And um, well, a little backstory is, you know, Joseph and I worked together for many years. We were working together since 2013, me being his athlete and being my agent. And uh, we don't work athlete agent anymore, but we're still good friends. So I knew about the idea. I wouldn't say since inception, but I, I knew about the idea for quite some time now. And we had some conversations about it. And um, I mean, I went to Tokyo and uh, I knew he, for, from the beginning of the year, or was it from last sometime last year, he contacted me about the idea, trying to make something happen. And then Tokyo happened. And then he said that, you know, after Tokyo, he wanted to bring me uh, into Michigan so we could kind of start this NAFTL process. So uh, it was it wasn't really like a hard decision to make to to get to Michigan to uh, actually partake in it because like I said both Cardi and I are pretty good friends so it was just a matter of him asking and me saying yes really that was it okay and so since you've been there uh, and now see what's going on of course we know that it's not it's not eighteen teams right now there are only three right. yeah but. Uh, I know for a lot of people, something like this is so, it's so radical. It's so different. It's so new. Uh, so now you being in it, you know, what would you say, uh, how would you then endorse it to other athletes to like, you know, really check it out uh, or anybody, other athletes, other coaches, possible investors, anyone? But, you know, it's, it sparks, it sparks the interest of a lot of people because, you know, it's uh, it's something that everyone has been thinking about for quite some time. And it kind of doesn't make sense in a lot of people's mind that track and field doesn't have a, a draft system like the NFL or the NBA or the NHL. So, I mean, just to see just to see someone um, execute the idea is is all is like a big part of kind of winning the, the, the public over, you know, so. I mean, it's it's a very important thing, is what I would I would say, because it gives athletes the opportunity, especially ones that want to do track and field, the opportunity to actually keep the gig going after college. So a lot of people, of course, they they get to the NCAA system or whatever system they might get into, and you might have talented people who 
can't make their Olympic teams or can't make their world championship teams. And by the time they're 24, 25, running 10 O's or even nine nines or 45 lows, then they're retired. So this, this league is, um, this is, this is formatted in a way to give people an opportunity to kind of make track and feel more so like a nine to five for them. So to give you the opportunity to just get to practice focus on training, focus on recovery, focus on the aspect of just competing well and actually having an entity there that want to help you market yourself and help you to brand yourself in a way so you can make money, not just because of your performance, but because of your image and likeness. So this league is really centered around trying to build the image and likenesses of individuals and trying to get them to be marketable and get people outside of just a performance, but make them more so connected to a, to a bigger reason to be a part of track and field, which is connecting them to a league, connecting them to cities, connecting them to people of those cities and so on and so forth. So it's very important to execute. And I think we're, um, I'm happy to know that we're actually getting into a serious space where we're starting to not only have the conversation, but to see some action going toward that, that ideology. It's, it sounds great. So I'm gonna transition over to Stamps. Stamps, you're you're in Michigan uh, as a coach right now, right? So from your perspective and your experience so far, uh, and I know, and we all have you, myself, and Lamont. We all have been talking to Kaji about this. I know well over a year, uh, kind of behind the scenes and looking at documents. So from the time that you knew about the NATFL. Uh, and now seeing it and being in it, what's your take on it? Uh, well, it's definitely something that can happen. Um, you know, being here, starting to be amongst the people in the, in the city of Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, we stumbled upon a high school track and field facility uh, in a picturesque, you know, eastern Grand Rapids. It's a lake off to the left of the track and super active a little community. And we show up two days in a row. Uh, to train. Uh, it's open to the public. And the high school coach who lives in the community just kind of stumbles upon us and says, hey, what, what's going on? And then the next day, hey, can I bring my high school kids out there? And, and, and Jamal and some of the other athletes got to speak, you know, life, you know, into the young people. So uh, it's exactly what it should be. You know, you see these kids' eyes get big, you know, once they, oh, they're an Olympian, you know, they're a world champion, and, you know, and, and we know, um, our sport doesn't get that kind of love, uh, you know, in America. You know, in 2004, when Justin Gatlin won the gold medal, uh, we got to hang out for a little while, and, and we went to the mall. We went to Cumberland Mall. He was in Atlanta passing through, come out and hung out with me for a day or two. Here I am with the Olympic gold medalist who had a marketing campaign up at finish line in the mall, and nobody knew who he was. Dang. You know? That's the sport. And, that's, the sport. <laughs> and, that's, and that's unfortunate. But, you know, we go across the pond and, and, and Kyle, you, you know, I'm sure Kaji will talk about it. And, and, and you you've mentioned it before. You go across the pond and Justin's getting mobbed everywhere. Everybody knows who he is. They want autographs. Um, you know, he's living larger than life, you know, over there. Uh, and it's, it's just that that should change. Um, so kind of being here, boots on the ground. Uh, I see the vision. Um, uh, I'm supportive of the vision um, as anything, you know, once you start to, 
you know, add water to the seed, you know, add the, the nutrient nutrients and the things that need to happen, uh, you know, it can just blossom into a greater into a greater space. Kyle, your voice, I think you muted yourself. Uh, yeah. Moving back to you, Kaji. So I think I saw briefly Donovan Brazier uh, attended, you know, you guys' first event. He didn't compete in it, but he was there. Uh, yeah. So, so give us a rundown about that. Yeah. What was that about? Yeah. Um, since I've been living in Michigan all this time and, and freezing, I um, I knew that he was from um, from the Grand Rapids area. So once we, we tried to get the University of Michigan, which is right two miles from my house, but they got this beautiful stadium and they want nobody to get into it. And the only other place we could get was two hours out, which is Grand Rapids. So once we got that, we mentioned something to the coach there. He said, well, yeah, I, we, I know Donovan um, perfectly. I know him really well from his high school days. So instead of me reaching out, because I, knew, I know as an agent, if I reach out, I'm supposed to do it to his agent. And his agent is that kind of person. So the coach reached out to him, made all the arrangements. We made some agreements for him. And then when I talked to Donovan, I said, hey, um, you know, I, I know I should be talking to your agent. He was like, nah, you don't need, we don't need to talk to him. And I said, okay, cool. Um, but I didn't do the reaching out. I let the coach do that so that if there's any blowback, I can say over here is where, where it happened, not with me, because it didn't. He said, if it's in my hometown and I can get there, I want to, I, shoot, I want to help in some way, any which way I can. And what we envisioned to happen didn't happen exactly, but he came out. I met him in the parking lot, walking with him. I just let him spread his way around. I brought out the, um, there's someone that used to uh, do a lot of um, interviews with him from local television. And he told me who that person was. I had that person come out and did an interview and he talked about it. Um, so that gave you know people the opportunity to hear about a hometown hero, hear about Grand Rapids being involved with this thing. And then we were present as Stamp said, boots on the ground. So that's how that came about. Okay. All right, cool. So now I got I got to get my boy Lamont involved. So uh, Lamont and myself both were supposed wanted to be a part of the first event. Uh, for me, some extracurricular activities caused a delay, uh, but it turned out everything was good. You know, my results came back good, so we're all good there. Uh, but I want to get Lamont involved because Kaji, my my next question is: as we're trying to like push this thing forward. Um, do you all already have like your cities in each region in which you would like a team? I, oh, Kaji, can I answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. So um, uh, one of the nuances that's happened when you put the great minds together, you got individuals like yourself, KY in Atlanta, individuals like yourself, Mont in Charlotte. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's come to our attention that we need to look at it a little bit like how the major league soccer proliferated the U.S. So yes, the teams will kind of have the logo and the, and the and the connectivity. I'll let Joseph talk about the connectivity of the logos and things inside of the logo on on what we want to have to kind of be our calling card. But you know, for the Detroit Turbines TC Track Club, the, the Chicago Blazing Storm TC, just like football football club FC, New York High Steppers TC. Uh, I'm going to just, you know, kind of freestyle like Atlanta Heat 
TC, that'd be your squad, Kyle. The Charlotte, you know, Warriors, TC, whatever it is we come up with is synonymous to Charlotte, they're mine. That'd be you. I'd be in Tennessee uh, and so on and so forth. Joey Scott is interested down there in, in, in uh, South Florida uh, and, you know, any other entity that kind of comes on board. So we have a, a capacity to maybe, you know, look at creating some joint ventures and stand behind the uh, NATFL flag as we help, you know, move it forward because your boots on the ground in Atlanta, Mont's boots on the ground in Charlotte, I'm boots on the ground in Tennessee, and so on and so forth. And then as we create the series of meets for the teams and the conferences, that's how we build, you know, it regionally uh, before we, you know, get it to where we can add the expansion teams as we go forward. Okay. Uh, real quick, Kaji. So, Kaji, before you answer, uh, so like, let's say if, if Lamont and I, if if we wanted to coach a team, because uh, I know we got a lot of coaches that watch this show that I'm sure would definitely be interested in uh, coaching a team. So, would would we as a coach, would we already need to be established as uh, having a post collegiate group? Will we need to be affiliated with a university? Uh, what would be some of those requirements for anyone from a coaching standpoint? Um, you know, we have not, I, I haven't like delved deep into what a coach would need um, to be. And the reason for that is I know the incredible coaches um, at universities, but I wasn't sure how things would happen with the NCAA system. Stats kind of did that by talking to uh, compliance and they said, yeah, you can go. So that means that, yeah, you can do this. So now, um, not necessarily looking for a disgruntled coach who want to get out from it, um, but I know that if um, if you're really good at coaching, but you you might not be the head coach or you might not be at this big school where your salary is two fifty a year or three hundred thousand, and you might be making eighty, which you, you can live, but you have the skill to be you know do better. We in a, we we want to be in a position where. Um, if we have a coach, that person can make over a hundred thousand as a salary and don't have to be like, man, I'm going back to the university cause I ain't making no money over here. We don't want that. We're looking for people to really, um, do very well and, you know, thrive just like you see with the, with these other sports, this sport is older than all those other sports. Why is it that it's so far behind? And it's because the, the Olympic experience, which is the top level that that we have for track and field is set up and based on an amateur thing everybody was is quite they're, they're enamored with the idea I represented my country if you get a medal even better then you go off into your life and do other things like roger bannister did he, he, he was the first man to run um under uh, four minutes but he ended up being just being the, that great doctor not that there's anything wrong with being a doctor but hmm. my point is the amateur environment that came with being at the Olympics has remained and is now time. And this, I think this is the perfect time because now you can get your information out in three seconds with social media before you write a letter and send it off and you wait a week or you, you talk to a reporter and they do something either on television or newspaper. And then after they cut it and do all it, then three days later it's out, not anymore. So this is the perfect time to push something like this and get traction from it because everybody can hear about it simultaneously in a matter of minutes, if not faster. 
Yeah, I mean that's very true. But again, so take someone like like Lamont. Let's say Lamont. He's uh, whether he's affiliate. Let's let's just say Lamont has a club team. All right, he has his own club team already established. Um, and I'm not sure if you all have thought through this process or not. I'm really trying to speak from a sense where everybody everybody's like interested now, so their ears are turned up. So if Lamont already has like a an established Sprinter Speed TC in Charlotte right now. And he has, say, a group of 12 athletes, or about six men, six women. Would he be able to, I guess, join the league and still keep that group? Or would that group, well, I guess they would have to kind of be dispersed different to different teams because of the draft, right? That's so one of the so one of the things that we're working through, because that is something that we there's some young people here that they have coaches, don't have coaches. And with track and field being so intimately connected with the person you work with, I think right now we're just loosely envisioning people being at their training camp and then coming on site, you know, as part of the team that they're with. And then like whoever's managing that entity in that space is more of an, a managing space as it kind of builds and grows. It goes more to, you know, if you played in the NFL right now, uh, Kyle, and, and you lived in Atlanta, you're, well, you was in Memphis, but you played for the Rams, in your offseason, you're going to be in Memphis. And then yeah. when it's time to go back to L.A., you got to be in L.A., you know what I'm saying, you know, for your season. So very similar setup as we get things, uh, you know, kind of established. But early on, those people that Lamont coaches still stay and train with him. They might not make it on his team per the draft, but chances are, you know, we could, you know, think about, you know, uh, that kind of uh, capacity to where if a person brings that to a table, like like for all the pro groups that are in, you know, you got the three groups that are in Orlando, uh, one in South or two groups in Orlando, one in South Florida. And and, uh, and I just I'll use Jenkins and them out in Tampa just by okay. default. So, you know, so we could essentially build teams around the place and where people are at. We could do that. I understand that. So now Lamont. Lamont, and I know you can chime in on this because you've spoken about, you know, just deals and contracts and all this other, all these other things. What what do you see possibly being an obstacle in like let's say, let's say fearless? Fearless is is your high jumper that you coach out of your group. Okay. Um, but then he's on Stamps' team. And one thing we can all say about Stamps. Stam's gonna go to any and everybody if he need a leg for their four by four. So in dealing in dealing with the professionalism, all right, of these athletes and what they do individually, what do you see probably being an obstacle to get over as we add this team aspect? All right. So remember when we was talking about the U.S. need to have a separate four by one unit. Here's an opportunity for us to not only utilize that, you know, that option, but it can open the doors for other things that can springboard onto the onto the international stage with USATF and all that other stuff. So I would I would legitimately you have your group and then you would designate like you would have a group specifically for the four by four. However, it's gonna come a point where okay, they're gonna want to run individual events. I think we have to take some of the concepts that we take from collegiate coaching 
and go from there. But I think we, I think we really need to be able to sell the relay, the relay aspect. You know what I'm saying? I think we really need to sell that part. Like, listen, all you got to, all you got to do is run the four by one, and what's gonna probably end up happening? You gonna see more continuity. You gonna see faster times. You know. Like you and I, we all know this. Three, uh, three of us ran on fast four by ones at some point in our, in some point in our lives. We know when it's just us four and that's all we doing. The, one minute we can open up forty flat, next minute we're at thirty eight sixty six. It's like, you know, it, it goes a long way, and that's what and and we can adopt what the other countries like China and and Great Britain does and bring it over here, and we can see a difference, and we can be we can be the trendsetters for that, man. So I, I, I like I this. Think, I think that's I think that'd be a good idea right there. I think that's a great idea. So Jamal, uh, bouncing back to you, man. Uh, my middle name is Jamal, by the way. So, uh, what have you seen just with the small group of athletes that are there? How is their professionalism? Uh, and I asked that question because let's say we get into a decision. Because if I'm not mistaken, uh, there's gonna yeah, there's gonna be like a championship essentially, right? Like these teams are gonna compete for a championship. So what have you seen just with this small group of what the professionalism would be? Should your number get called like, hey, yo, fearless, I need for you to get this stick around, you know? Uh, so what has their attitudes been in just being professional in this league? Uh, the athletes, uh, they're ready for um, this opportunity. Just like if you, if you came from um, a consumer's perspective, they're ready to see a track league. Well, if you come from the actual person, the people that need to, who need to be in the forefront of the league, which are the athletes, those people are more than ready. They're more ready than the consumer for this experience. And that's because most track athletes, especially the ones that come directly out of college, they don't want to stop running track. They want to continue this career until their feet get sore. They can't even do it no more. But the opportunities aren't there. So, you have a group of athletes who are at the inaugural of, you know, this NA, NATFL and, you know, they're acting accordingly. You know, if you call their number, you call their name, they will run, especially if they're already a part of that event. I mean, you have, um, you have athletes here that actually say, they come to the coach and say, I would like to run this today. You know what I mean? So I don't think that'll be a problem to actually get that, to get someone to kind of, bump up an event or bump down an event in the in the case of the relay because i do agree i think the relay aspect of it is very is a is a highlighted aspect and i agree with um lamont when he said that you could use it as kind of like a tune-up for, for for to learn how to kind of kind of get the stick around how to kind of make relays more prominent in america seeing that you know we seeing what happened. I'm not from America, so I shouldn't be speaking too much on it. But we seeing what happened with the United States trying to get the stick around in the relay for the past few major championships and stuff. So the relay aspect can make it more prominent. I mean, from the entertainment aspect of it, I mean, you could have. I'm a high. I'm a high. I'm a high jumper. So like, you could have a relay where it's like all high jumpers bringing home the stick on the on the, at the on the fourth leg to make it more entertaining or whatever. If 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 it calls for that, but. You know, at the end of the day, the professionalism side of it, I mean, you have athletes that are ready for this opportunity. So, I mean, if that, if they're up to it and if they have a good if, – if the coach can get them to run it and they feel like this is what we need to do, then, no, nah, without a doubt, you're going to have people that's going to be willing to do that. 
And and what you've seen is the camaraderie kind of come back for some of these uh, emerging professionals that have been here. You know, they've been removed from the collegiate system for, you know, three to four years. And they're like, man, it's it's fun again. Mm -hmm. I got to run with again. Okay. It's a team element again. Okay. And, you know, when you had this conversation, you know, we meet as a group kind of every other night. They were like, man, uh, Akeem Surley from North Carolina A&T is here. And I was like, man, you guys did it really big this entire year. Like, you know, you guys, like how many of it like really mattered on that team to help you guys get third? And he said it was like seven of them. And then that was what it was when we won the national title seven. So a track and field team, when you have elite level counterparts, is really somewhere between seven and 12 per gender. Right. So it's not as it's not as, as big and massive as people try to assume it is just because of what the college space is. Especially okay. when we're trying to stay in that ballistic area. So that's All been right. really cool to watch happen uh, and people get really excited uh, about being a part of a team in a club. Correct. Okay. Kaji, uh, Kaji, I have I have two questions for you. Uh, so the first one is uh, as far as just finding your niche of athletes, like are you trying to stay within a certain caliber of athlete? So I, I'll try to simplify it like this. Because uh, Lamont, long, long time ago, there used to be, of course, we knew there were Diamond League races. Then you had your, your B-level and your C-level. Mm-hmm. So uh, have you thought about or are you trying to stay to a specific niche of athletes? Yes. So um, that that niche is, let me see, what's this, 2021? Sometime in 2017 or 2018, 1008 did not make the final at um at the ncaa championships and i don't remember which which year it is but i know a 10 a 1008 guy sat out and why is that's not a nine second runner that guy can beat 95 percent of the people that he ran with but here he is he will never be a champion if it was his senior year because he didn't make the final you see what i'm saying so that was yeah that was awesome that was 2019 Okay, 2019. Yeah, so yeah. You got, you, here you got somebody that's pretty fast, but they cannot win an NCAA championship because it's his senior year and he's not in the final. But yeah, he's fast. So that is, you know, we, we, we figured anywhere from a 9-9 to a 10-08 or 10-09 guy would be a first-round draft pick. A 10-1 to like a 10-1-7 might be a second round. A 10-1-8. So maybe 10 2 1 or so might be a third round. Anybody else outside of that, you, you, you might not make that cut because we, we don't want the impression that this is a what they call it in baseball minor league. It's not the minor league, these are people that can fly. In fact, these are people right. that you okay, you need the guy that is running 9 7, he's not going to get five or six out of 9 7 people, he need a 10. A 1001, a 1002, he need other people in the other lanes to make a race. So that's where we're looking. And um, we're going to look at the, the same thing for the 200, same thing for the 100, same thing in the hurdles across the board. What we were saying is people that already got a signed shoe deal, they can't be part of the league because we know that if you got Nike, they don't want you to wear what we're wearing. They don't even want you to put something on your shoulder. However, mm-hmm. If that person has a name, we can say, hey, man, for 10 grand or whatever it is, I know some of the numbers for gold medalists and so forth. Um, you come take a lane and you, you get to run on soil here. 
which you don't get much of. You, you're running Diamond League and everybody know you, but nobody in the U.S. know you unless it's U.S. championships. You want the, the general guy that's sitting in the armchair at home saying, what's that guy's name? Oh, he's an American. I want to watch him. And instead of waiting four years to cheer, you can do it year by year, year after year. And that's the plan. So that's what we're looking at doing here. And the niche, we're fulfilling that that particular gap that where a guy that a guy or girl coming out is not going to decide, okay, I'm going straight to work. Uh, two things I will mention here and then I'll stop. In fact, both of them went to Ohio State. Just before Christina Manning, who's I mean, Christina, she's now Christina Clements. Just before her, one year before her, there was a girl running like 12, 6 in the hurdles. And I was trying to get that girl. And she was like, no, I'm going straight to work. And the next year it was Christina's thing. And she came out. And, you know, she just made her first Olympics. Anybody know her name? I don't, I don't remember her name. But she had the time. She was below 12, 7, I know for sure. From Ohio like, State. Ohio State. Maybe it was 12.72 or something, but it was fast for the time. Right now, you got a bunch of people who can run 12.6 or, or better. But she was the gunner, and Christina was behind her with like a 12.9 or something. When she left, she went straight to work. And then last uh, in 2018, there's a 20.1 200-meter guy from Ohio State. And I talked to Victor, and Victor was like, and he's he, he not going to run. He, he don't want to come out. Now, 20.1 will not give you a, a contract right now. But you can Ooh. get into races with a 20.1 time and then maybe build. But he was like, no, nope, I'm going straight to work. And that's what he did. He, he didn't run a step. You can go back and look at there, there were a bunch of 20.08s with Mario Burke from Barbados running for Houston. Jerome Flournoy from here in Michigan. He's running for LSU. This guy was just a step off of them. And you had or the Duru and a few others that ran 19. This right. is before this crop came. This is just before COVID, where people had to get back a year. So 20.1, I would I would have snatched that guy up because I know there are races around the place, out to Europe, that they'll take 20.1 any day. But that guy's quick. Those are the people we want to grab in. Okay. All right. So cutting. So my second question is: so I'm gonna try to condense it um are you let me start with this one so i'll break it up into two parts are you trying to are you trying to go up against the big dogs you mean the groups of people or i mean just are you are you trying to are you trying to blow up the system so diamond league or you know just are you trying to really go up against their fight no, that's not the that's not the game plan. I okay. Before I could even look at that, I need a toehold. I need to have a grip. Once I have no. a grip, they're not gonna shake me off. Okay, so Paul, so the rest of that question is, are you because I don't know your affiliation, I really don't. Are you trying to compete with the American track league? No. He 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 has people running um for prize money like any other entity in track and field we're not going with track prize money right he's trying him. from basically, yeah. basically he's just trying to you know and we already league. yeah we already we already established that basically right. what it is he's not trying to step on paul doyle's um um feet 
he's just trying to give another option, which I think is pretty, I think is pretty dope. And especially if, you know, the, fi the financial rewards can come to full fruition and remain consistent. Right. Then, then, yeah. then we're then 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 we're making some noise. Right. Because yeah. what what has clearly been established in my time here, you know, talking to Jamal, his wife, um, uh, uh, Loretta, who's uh, Kaji's uh, better half and 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 co CEO, is you know track and field is and as we've talked about on the show, I mean, it was the title of one of our shows. Is it can just be a better product. Period. It can be more entertaining. It can be in line with football, basketball. It could be a whole outing for the family. Has to be in the right time of the year. Has to be the right presentation of things. It has to not last all day. And, you know, it's got to come from creatives that understand with us as real track fans what the track fan wants to consume in its material and viewership and commentary and color commentary and, and having guys like Lamont in the booth because you know he's hilarious he's knowledgeable and he's no different than kenny anderson charles barkley or any of those guys in track and field unfortunately it's it's, it's not that it's very you know if you look at a track and field color commentator it's more like golf and tennis very proper you know you know not that we got to be hype and jumping all over but it should, it should just be more like barbershop hey, you should you should like i know exactly what you mean Stan. it's the announcers go crazy over a crossover, you know, or a slam dunk or an alley. You know what I'm saying? It should be that same reaction when we see that clock break 10 seconds, you know, or break 20 seconds. I, I get exactly what you mean. Yeah, but, no, but we'll Kaji, I want to make it attractive to the American viewership. Exactly. Yeah. But Kaji, I wanted to ask those questions just so everybody out there could be clear, you know, and just reiterating and really understanding like you are not you are you have you have created a professional track and field league you have with teams in cities uniforms they're organized salaries and so forth i just want to make that clear and it's not one of those you're not trying to create an american circuit you are essentially saying at some point in as as early as next year and let's just say you just continue to have those three teams essentially you will have like a a 12 meet schedule with with essentially dual meets for fan viewership in which new york goes in and competes in detroit detroit mm -hmm. goes and competes in new york and so forth i get it. i just want to make sure that the people understand and like get that's that's exactly what you're trying to do right and, and that is amazing like what you have created it's amazing and we only want to see it grow yeah right? but, and and one of the things that um both jamal and Stamps mentioned to me uh, a day or so ago was leveraging the, the the contacts and the relationships that I have, and I I didn't do that very well, and it was a reason. The reason was I uh, we not just I we did not want to get things out to entity like USATF who was not doing it but got mm -hmm. money, and if they got wind of something and and there's a way to do it, they can just drop money. Bump right in the center of it and go ahead and do it without any work or knowing really what it is that we are trying to do, but they will get it done and then all the shine will be gone. So I kept this thing really, really close. And my my now my wife is always saying, I'm from Detroit. She didn't want to fight. She was like, I don't care about them, let's go around them. I said, No, 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 no. 
there's a there's a system that's set up that you have to like for example i've seen where the world athletics or iwf at the time shut down the performances um from guadalupe because guadalupe went up against a damn league meet and they say anybody who runs there that time will not be recognized and everybody went there because the money was good they didn't recognize the time but it's still running and it's that's still like why that's why that, those three meets in the caribbean don't don't really go off like the way they used to everybody used to converge there yes. i ran there exactly. okay yeah. okay so that that so so here's one of the things that that we've done i know all the guys that are the top guys at naka and everybody's like what, what was naka um jamal your your guy mike sands that's the top guy at naka he's the president the guys in puerto rico i had a meeting like like we are now me and my wife and we talked to them and they liked the idea and they said but hold on a minute now because we are we are essentially the people that set up all the meets in this entire region to make sure that we don't mess with world athletics and put something that's up against their diamond league so in in in, in, in actuality they're kowtowing to world athletics that's why i say i'm not trying to be in this space once i get a grip and i'm onto the mountain i don't want to fall so i'm digging in but before before i try to run them people and chase them out or do anything i need a foothold so they like what i had to say and then they say okay we are gonna we're gonna now we have to talk to the council the reason for this is on this side of the world in this hemisphere usa canada all of the caribbean and south america we have the best athletes on the planet europe is small compared to us in terms of the variety of, of people you can you can pull a certain amount of crowd from just jamaica alone you can pull a certain amount of incredible jumpers from bahamas you can get some quarter mothers from that just come the blue from the dominican republic all through the care you go to just, just florida just florida <laughs> oh, okay there you go that's so, not so, the united states florida we have the best athletes on the planet and what's going here's what's going on if you go over to europe and they've been doing it for 60 years i'm 61 years of age track was going on before i was born i didn't know anything about it because i was just born but i'm around now so they've now done things to the point where the golden league is where you used to win a million dollars or if a guy won and the girl had the same amount of points you split a million dollars five hundred thousand dollars the last person to to win that as a female was from the bahamas that 400 runner from bahamas tonic. not pauline tonic william darling tonic williams five hundred thousand dollars you know how much the money is at Diamond League if you win your 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 thing thirty thousand. How you could go from up here and mm. you think you're big now because you got fourteen Diamond League meets, but the most you could win if you win the championship in your event is thirty grand. Where's yeah. my five hundred thousand? That's what I want to know. And then when <laughs> you go to Diamond League, if you come first, you're getting ten grand. That's nothing. When back in the day, you used to be like. People just be walking around with their pockets so big full of money and all kind of thing. They've found a way to make it look sweet. It's the same plantation system that they use in slavery. And they are making money $2 million for a one-day budget. Give me the $2 million and I have seven, eight, ten teams out here. Imagine, imagine the championship or the jackpot meet held in 
Aliana Pompey put it together and it could be held in her stadium down in her native country. In Guyana. In Guyana. You got to build up more. The place to go be Jamaica because everybody in Jamaica would try to be there. Right. And and it's funny you even say that. We, we had a, 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 a kind of public relations and media day and I was like, you know, as this, you know, kind of meeting go or meet uh, league grows, I just said, I said, just, I want all y'all just to close your eyes for a second and imagine that, you know, once we get down to like the playoffs or whatever, the salaries go out the window for the teams that go to the national championship. And then we're able to find an angel investor or a corporate sponsor, whatever, everything on the marbles for $1 million pot. So the team that wins of the 12 people on the team, you splitting of $1 million. Kind of like, kind of like the basketball, kind of like the basketball tournament that just finished on ESPN. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. And then like everybody's face lit up and they was like, ooh, woo, you know, cause like how, how real is that meat going to be? What's yeah. that look like? And, and being able to just, again, add the, add the types of things and dynamics of fan experience, fan engagement, you know, from concessions to beer sales to, you know, like you're at the racetrack, you know, people should be able, there should be a spot where you're, I'm betting on this lane, this person, you know, $1 or yeah. whatever, you know what I mean? Like there's so many avenues, ways and flexes that, that could make it such a more entertaining product. And, and Joseph, uh, and, and Loretta and, and, and everybody that's here are like, it's super cool too. So it's kind of like a league by athletes for athletes. Like a lot of the, the things that have been created that are going to help take the steps forward. We've all been a part of and on the ground with, you know, as we've been here. Um, could you tell them about, um, Dwight? Not, not yet. I was going to wait until I was going to wait. for it. Oh. Okay. Uh, wait. So two two more questions. Uh, Nate, I'm gonna I'm ask yours. Um, let me ask Nate's first. So from the audience, Kaji, is there is there going to be uh, a portion of an indoor season with the league? Not at the start. Okay. Cool. Not at the start. Next question, because I want the people to actually see Kaji or Stamps or Fearless. Do y'all have the uniforms available? I got I got my my Chicago Blazers. Right, so, because so, yeah, again, I want the Bring people to see like this is this is not an idea. This is a real thing. This is something every everybody doesn't isn't following, you know, fearless. Everyone isn't following uh the lead, you know. So I want people to see like nah, this is legit, this is official. Kaji, you should have had all three hanging behind you. And then they, um they all at they all at the place where my wife is. So gotcha. stop, go downstairs and get it from her right now. Yeah, Stamps, you need to run down. Go okay, down. Okay, you have yours. No, but right I mean, honestly, like the, right now, you we got some uh because we uh we're in the midst of with doing the inaugural, we're getting a lot of content right now that actually shows. The, the faces of the league and the, the uniforms and stuff. So I would actually advise anyone watching right. and that want to see something to go to the Instagram. Uh, Card, you want to say what the Instagram is? Yeah, NATF um, underscore league. 
I got right, you. So where I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put it right here. Give it to me again, right. Kaji. NATF underscore league. Boom. And then the website is NATF dash league. Like a like a hyphen. And then the website is NATF. www.natf and it's a dash instead of an underscore league. Got you. I'm gonna take this one down. I'm gonna edit it, and then I'm gonna add the website. But but the Instagram is where it's at with the pictures because we everything that happened we're putting it out there very quickly. Nah, without a doubt, and that's what I'm saying. Like for the for anyone that hasn't seen anything that's been going on, Kaji, make sure that's correct. Check the screen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So for anyone that hasn't been seeing it, the content has been great, even from the individual cards on race day. Uh, just all the type of footage that everyone is getting it's incredible but i definitely want people to see the jerseys and the uniforms because that gives you a better depiction of exactly what this league is like it's right, legit. Right, right. you know right. so seeing the new york steppers seeing the detroit turbines uh like, i got my chicago it's hard to see but you know yeah, you see i let uh i let uh coach thompson when he get through with the with the set to yes. show it off when you get through yeah well, until he gets back so another question for you kaji so moving into you know moving into next year you know this was the inaugural year what's gonna be the goal or goals like what give me like two or three what are your two or three big goals for next year okay so um we are already looking at a total of eight additional cities to have something going on which includes your city um <clears throat> So that's the first thing. The second goal is to um, land um, a media contract because we think we can reach more people that way. And the main reason for that particular one is because the, the particular media outlets that we spoke to have all expressed an interest in something called content. And we know that that content falls anywhere from May to about the first week in September. And that's mainly because NCAA track gets done like maybe the end of May, first week in June. And then um, you, the only thing that you have left would be people going off to Europe, so you're not going to see them as much. And then basketball might be done sometime in the summer. Football would be done. It don't pick back up till like late August into the beginning of, you know, for both of those. So we want to make sure that instead of them having to go to people on skateboards and motorcycles flying through the air and all that, they can come and watch a real sport, which is track and field. And they, and they want the content. So we want to get one of those contracts on board in the coming year, along with what we're going to develop. Uh, if I don't, if you don't mind me uh, piggybacking just a little bit. So like for myself, like uh, from an athletic, from an athlete perspective, and for, from that vision, my vision to where I see it really getting to is uh, also like a developmental type of system where you, um, when an athlete gets out of college, like Kaji said, you got a 10-0 guy who may not make his Olympic team, so now his career is over. To take that guy, give him an opportunity to kind of get into a system, reset himself into a system as a professional, as opposed to a collegiate athlete, and to be able to focus, you know, have the resources behind him to focus and develop himself 
into that person who can make an individual team for his country or so on and so forth. Right. So pretty much my vision is to see the league not just going after the most attractive faces, but actually getting athletes that could use a little bit more push and developing athletes throughout the system. Just, yeah. Fearless, I'm so, I'm so glad that you said that because uh, Lamont has mentioned him so many times. Uh, Royster, you got Royster. And, of course, if it wasn't for, like, his father being able to support him, he would have been another one of those very talented athletes. That I mean, you got a gang of them. You got, you got, you got, you got thousands of them right, right there who can't make it to the next and level. So, and there was a um, – They don't have what they can't with, they haven't had the opportunity. Well, that's that's what so so you take you take you take the Olympic champion in the hundred meter dash from Italy, all right. right. So I think Lamont, I think you posted it like his. It was maybe like he a, a seven. Year, yeah, it was like a seven year progression or so or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But but within those seven years, who knows what resources he may have had in order to get better versus right. here in our system in the states. I mean. We know that it may take that amount of time, but we don't have a good enough entity or structure for that development to happen. So I'm so glad that you brought that up, uh, Fearless, because that's how we lose a lot of our great athletes. There, there's somebody out there right now, faster than Gatlin, faster than Coleman, faster than Bolt. It's true. They just left. They left the sport. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you even when you look at people like Usain Bolt himself, I mean, he didn't. He was fast from the beginning, but. The truth is he had to buckle down somewhere in the middle of his career to actually see his true potential. So he didn't see it right out the gate. He saw his potential more so years after what people could, what people may have thought would have been his breakthrough. And yeah. he stuck at the 199 that he ran as a junior for a very long time until he finally, he finally was able to break through. And that goes for anyone. That even goes for me. When I graduated, I was never an NCAA champion or anything. But when I graduated college, my college coach told me that I, by the way it looks, it wouldn't look like I would have the ability to be a professional track and field athlete. Now, when I look on the charts, I could see my name sitting in between 1 to 15 at any given year. You know what I mean? And for me, it took leaving the NCAA system, readjusting myself into a system that worked for me, and then finally getting that breakthrough. But for me, it took going into my own pocket, going into my own resource pool and taking a chance on myself. So to ensure, to kind of give athletes that reassurance that, you know, when you leave college, you won't have to scramble your way into trying to get into this career. There's an entity there that would get, that can potentially pick you up and give you an opportunity. Even if you're not the fastest person, your salary may not be as big as the fastest person's salary. But if you really do the analytics on this sport and speak to real people, you got people living off less than a thousand a month trying to make it. So if you can ensure resources, some money, and just a comfortable environment to get better, then you're gonna have you're gonna see a system that doesn't just work for track athletes, but people are gonna say this is a developmental system as well. So through that aspect, we wanna see people funnel through this pipeline. So the upside on this is great as long as it is executed correctly. Yeah. And 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 then I would like to speak just from the coaching and the administrative space 
of of helping people, you know, in a sport that they love and appreciate and respect, you know, granting them other access points to dealing with these young people over the last 10 days I've been or the last week that I've been here. You know, some of them have coaches, some of them don't have coaches. And now they've increased their network by meeting me. And just in some of the conversations we've had and some of the things I've been able to express, demonstrate, uh, analyze, they're like, oh, dang, you know stuff, too. And there's tons of coaches, as we've all talked about. That's why our name is the most known unknowns is because we're some we've had some of the most, you know, uh, successful athletes in life. We're just not big name coaches on the scene yet. But give me a there's a guy here, man, Jonathan Sawyer, bro, man. Uh, give me somebody like that and let's see where we can go. Cause you know, there's, since there's, since there isn't that support of that, you know, Carmelita Jetter put it up on her Instagram the other day that, you know, it's okay to go to Cal State to give Dominguez Hills. It was okay that before she ran her first sub 10 or first sub 11 second race, it took her four years. And, and, and that story doesn't get told enough, but a lot of people aren't committed enough to stave off that full-time money and that full-time job and that full-time healthcare and that full-time support of whatever, whatever. And this, this bridges that gap. Thanks. I mean, the reality is, you know, track and field is, I call it a poor man's sport. That's I say that because you don't really need to actually run. You could just wake up, no shoes on your feet and you could run. But the reality is when you want to, get to the pinnacle and you want to be, you want to actually squeeze that lemon and get everyone to do, to, to, to see their true potential. It takes resources. It takes money. And mm-hmm. it, it takes, it takes a lot, you know, and like just a quick little story. Like when we had the Olympic, when we was doing the high jump at the Olympics and I was reading some of the Twitter comments afterwards, I saw someone said, yo, why does the guy, High jumping for Qatar, have a $365,000 watch on his hand. He's only a high jumper, right? He has a Richard Miller on his wrist jumping in it, right? And we're saying because in his part of the globe, that's how serious they take it. So this guy guy is well taken care of because he high jumps. But then you have places in other places of the world, mainly on the western side of the world, that does have more talent but no one takes it seriously. So, you know, we just trying to enter all those spaces where if we can take the developmental aspects seriously after the NCAA system and transition these athletes into another system, professional, then you're going to start to see more money, more faces, more people being able to compete overseas and uh-huh. Bring back money to their to their hometowns, and it's just going to create a whole new stream of just wealthy young black rich people because of track and field. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about the performance; it's about putting your face in front of people, getting you to be marketable, and that's what we're trying to do here. Uh-huh. And so, and so with that stamps, let's uh, you know, give the people show them the show them the different uniforms for each team. And Kaji, I want I want you to explain, uh, you know, how were you all able to come up with the names or the designs? Like, what's the backstory to each one? Okay. That's the Detroit turbines right there. Now, show them the back. 
bring it down and zoom in on the all right so that's the turbines go back to the front and show the clock part because i'm going to talk about that right there in the middle of that that's a stopwatch see that and nobody else got that there's a swoosh there's a tree stripes there's this and that and every coach that's the track coach has touched one of those we want to make sure it's showing so detroit turbines the um we had consultants that we talked to we talked to um a person that's a licensing agent and what she told us is yeah and there is a there's not breaking track and feet and you can you see that that's on every one of them and the clock is embedded in like the first part of a block if you can figure that out so um so for detroit turbines um, this lady explained to us that one of the best things to do would be to make sure that you um, you talk, if you're going to do a, a logo, have something to do with either the city or the location, best the city or the state, so that people can, you know, kind of attach themselves to it. Those are the bottoms. Um, so when we look at, we look at um, Detroit, we say, well, this is the motor city. And there's, there's something to do with a motor here because it's where um, uh, cars and automobiles are made. We already got pistons and so forth, but we want to have that particular thing. So we came up with well, what moves really fast. Is it a is it a um, the propeller in the, in the engine? What is it? And we came up with with the turbine part of it. So the reason why it's Detroit turbines is because it has something to do with the fact that that's a motor city. And so that's why we got the name Detroit Tur Turbines. And my wife is from Detroit, went to school in Detroit, and we're in the Michigan area, so that's the first name we came up with. The second one was um, Chicago Blazing Storms. Chicago, back in the day, had a big, tough and terrible um, fire. They burned the place down, rebuilt it. And um, so we said, well, let's use something from historical fact and so we came up with blazing and we call it the chicago blazing storm if you can look there you can see the um the, the clock right there in the middle of storm if you flip it over to the back and there's that stopwatch again so that is so so in atlanta or in um carolina where you are um uh, lamont in, in your area norfolk where is it uh, Charlotte, he's in Charlotte. Charlotte, Charlotte. So if we're doing something, if we're doing something with any little group or anything, we want to keep that theme in what we produce, so that it remains steadfast and true throughout the entire, however many teams we do, as, as we build in. So, yeah, there you go. And then you has North American Track and Field League right there. Uh, look at the colors. Go back down to the colors for North American Track and Field League. When we first started, we look at red, white, and blue. Because NBA, NFL, everybody that's a sports team got red, white, and blue. But I was like, wait a minute. If you go all the way back to 1936 when Jesse Owens was showing up and letting people know that, hey, it's not just some German people that are the best people in the world and giants. It's a poor black kid from America. But then when he came home, no parade, got to sneak in the back to get something to eat. So we decided to go with colors that represent these people here so we got the color so we're, we're gonna be we're gonna be understated we're not gonna walk in and say hey this is run by black people and it's only for black people 
we just got the color to show what we're doing you keep that part that is what's going to speak for us we're not going to walk in telling people this is just for black folks um nothing like that um and the reason for that is we know we need everybody involved in order to get to the point that we need to get to um taking your advice um, um uh, jamal to make sure that we're not walking around just saying that you don't want people to think it's just racist but we know we know where all the speed come from so that's where that is and i think um so you showed on three there's one more new york quick steppers so um we look at that and i think my wife did some research and found out that there was a dance that originated in new york called the quick step or the quick steppers from back in the day when you used to get the lindy hop and the this and that see there's the theme with the with the um stop watch again so she came up with the new york quick stepper so it's something that is indelible to that location and that's how we're going to continue to name the teams as we go out so if we look at atlanta we will ask a question is there something historic is there something that's happened now we know that georgia is about a peach but atlanta is atlanta so what is it and we just got to find what that is and that's the theme that we will use to name atlanta uh, an atlanta group if there are two in atlanta we figure out the, the next one so that's how we're going to do it across country as we build into teams and have that particular look so that like if you look at a nike shoe you know it's a nike shoe without seeing the word nike because it has the swoosh if you look at adidas shoe you know it's an adidas shoe if you just see those three black lines if you see two you know it's a fake if you see four you know it's a fake same thing with puma if it has that particular look or a little cougar you know you know or puma in this case you know it's a puma shoe we want people to look at that and right away they know hey that's north american track and field league and none else i have that look so that's the idea so any any support group that builds out from a club team or a group of teams that or anything we're going to keep that look that is the plan right and 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 just kind of building that thought process of you know we were all basketball players and football players before we probably ran track just based on what Parks and Rec looks like based on where we're from. And I said, man, if I ever, you know, I got to meet Spud Webb at a really young age. So I was like, I want to be a Hulk. Like that was my squad. That was my team. Our kids can't say that. Uh, we can't grow up as a young person saying I want to run for other than I want to run in the Olympics. You know, you have every kid. How many, how many times are we recruiting somebody, Lamont, Kyle, my goal is to go to the Olympics. I want to be an Olympian. And inherently, we know how difficult that is. And not that we don't have the ability or a mindset or the capacity to do it, but we also know the sacrifice associated. So not that we're trying to aim the bar lower, but everybody that came to Tennessee when me and you was in Tennessee to play football, what they was going to do, uh, Kyle, I'm going to the league. Exactly. That's what I'm here for. And that's, that's what we want, because right now, Nobody can say that. All they can say is, I'm going pro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they already, and you're right, a lot of track athletes don't really know what that going pro looks like as well. It's, 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 a, it's a dream. And a lot of the time is like something that you learn about from the outside looking in. And um, when you finally get there, to be honest, in the track, the track and field world on the professional side, you know, a lot of people get shocked and, to, to understand that the pro side of track and field isn't always as, um, as glamorous as you thought it would have been. But nope. you can get there, of course, but it does take 
does take an immense amount of resources and dedication, focus. You really can be uh, – a lot of us can't really work nine to fives, be on our feet all day and still succeed at track and field. So, yeah, so, yeah. You need the resources. Yeah. Go ahead. Got it. Well, I mean, gentlemen, unless there's anything more to add, I'm going to keep the show moving. This has been been great. I'm going to put – the IG and the website up again. Kaji, is there another way anyone can get in contact with you, whether they want to, you know, be an investor or uh, just a part of the growth of your lead? Well, right on the web, right on the website, there's um, an invest um, button. Um, there's um, a button if you want to, you know, at this point, we, we've taken down the, I, I don't think you can just go in and declare right now anymore. But if you want to find out more, you can. There's a chat uh, opportunity to put in what you want there. But definitely for investors, there's an invest um, uh, situation there. Um, mm -hmm. We have some other links too, um, not as populated as um, as the Instagram one. We have Twitter um, as well. We have LinkedIn and so forth that we can utilize for for some people that want to look at it. Um, let me see if I can give you that. Give me a second. And in the meantime, and so fearless, man, how can how can people follow you, grow you, you know, be a part of your brand, help enhance your brand? All right. So uh you can, he you lives can follow, in Atlanta, you can, Kyle. He lives in Atlanta. Right. I live in a train Atlanta. I heard he was a jeweler. I'm a I got my diamond tester, so I'm gonna see. <laughs> hey, bring it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you can follow me on IG. Uh my Instagram is high bars at high bars with a Z at the end. Um, there you can find links to my website, Fearless by High Bars, which uh, it's like it's like a lifestyle brand, uh, community-based brand. So you'll find apparel, you'll find um, information on like other little community things. So it's a pretty neat website. So yeah, you can pretty much just go on the high bars Instagram and you can kind of. Right, that's my Instagram right there. All right, there we go. Right, so hit that, and then you could find a lot of information about what I got going on. And yes, I am a jeweler. the The jewelry part is Quality Jewelers. Um, Quality Jewelers is also an Instagram. Is uh, we also have a separate Instagram, which is that's the um, the business based out of the Bahamas. I have a separate brand. I segue off of the main brand. It's called QJ. So um, my personal side of the business which is quality jewelers for my personal brand is qj all right i get it. i just added you man so oh he's a fish he got a blue chick i don't know if he paid for it or not but he got a blue chick it's a double the thing man. is the thing is you know the instagram guys they find you sometimes you know so that's all it is they find you sometimes Give me a minute here. I'm trying to do get this link in. It's all good, Kaji. I think most people they either gonna find your website or they are gonna find you on IG. So we get yeah. we give Kaji a hard time. He, he's the old he's the older guy. So I'm, I'm, the, I'm the OG. He's still he's still searching for his contact, but it's all good. But uh, gentlemen, because my wife did it and I didn't. <laughs> Gentlemen, you're more than welcome uh, to stay on the show. Uh, I got to let my, my guy Lamont get his shine. But uh, we have two segments left. Uh, 
reality check and don't debate me one with stamps and one with lamont but it is lamont's time to shine it's been such a long time i feel like but don't debate me on this i'm surprised that this man was able to sit in his seat and be silent for so long so i tilt <laughs> my hat to you lamont let's get it on i'm gonna stay for a few minutes just to see what this is about <laughs> yeah i'm gonna stay around to see what's going on <clears throat> Craven Gillespie, oh. <laughs> I, need, I need you to come to the congregation, please. Come to the front. Thank you, young man. So I stumbled upon his YouTube page, by the way. He has a YouTube page. Yeah. Does very well. You know, the editing is good. I, I, I got to give him credit. He made a reaction video to the reaction of the mishap in Tokyo. And he went around the track. Now, if throwing people under the bus was a person, his name will be on the five o'clock arrival. Okay, because he threw he threw people under the bus. Now let's let let's be clear, right? I don't think he understands that he has to line up against these guys. He has to sit at the table with these guys for the next Olympic cycle. Let's let's be fair. Let's say the next Olympic cycle. He went around the track and, you know, he let his he let his feelings be known. He said, those are my boys, but, you know, we didn't get nothing on the first leg. We we, we saw that. He then. Oh, wait, made, wait, 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 Lamont, wait, Lamont. I don't even, hold on. Don't, don't twist his words. No, he, no, said, he said the stagger wasn't broken. He got nothing on the first leg. But that's not what he said. Like him saying he didn't say that. He just said the stagger was like that. Listen, can I can I get my version of the story? Can I get my version? <laughs> Let me get my version. Okay. Remember, I, I, I gotta make it intriguing. Okay. Then he spoke about Fred Curley. Now, Fred didn't get the stick in the pro he didn't get the stick placed properly in his hand. And you know, he made the adjustment with the stick. We've all at some point have done it. We've done it smooth too. Like sometimes we run in, we just boom, and it just come up and it just slides up and we good. Right. Then he he really spent a lot of time on, on Ronnie Baker. Saying how Ronnie Baker looked like he was falling all over the lane or whatever the case may be. But you know you know one thing he didn't say? Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't say how he got the stick in third, close to second, and got ran down by the world. Now he said he got that thing in fifth, and he didn't. He first got off, the stick before first, other teams. First off, we saw the side angle. The Grotz came and got him. I came and got him, and we was in America. Okay, <laughs> we all came and got you, son. Okay, <laughs> it is jokingly, respectfully, but the same and the same token, my man. You left out some vital parts, and there's a guy on this screen right now. He's happened to be in the bottom right corner. Well, I'm sorry, the bottom left corner on my screen. Okay. Name Hassan Stamps. Hassan decides to go to his Instagram page and say, how about you let people know that you missed two practices? Something that he left out in the video. How about you also go back and let people know that you left your coach after the Olympic trials because you was reactionary and you went out there and you looked like me at this advanced age in, in my life. You made sure everybody else's everybody else's flaws was 
or, or fault was highlighted, but you didn't mention yours. You are the first anchor leg. And since my lifetime, okay, since my lifetime, from let's say 76, Ooh. 80 people wasn't there, 84, Damn. 84, uh, 98, I mean 88, 92, you are the first person from my lifetime to actually get walked out as an anchor leg in the four by one. No anchor leg in my lifetime ever got walked down the four by four in the four by one. I am a historian at the oh Olympic Games. At the You're Olympic right. Games, huh? You're right. I just thought you just you just hit me to something that I, I'm literally playing every anchor leg because you got Carl Lewis in the eighties uh, and uh, all the way through ninety six, uh, and then we couldn't get the baton around for a while, and then it would you know, yeah, we've yeah, never been down on right. anchor leg. Before. You are the first anchor leg. Since the exception of the world championships and the Olympic Games in my lifetime to get ran down on anchor leg. You are also the anchor, the only anchor leg to have gotten run down, and we've not made it out the prelims. No, you forgot to mention that, baby. You was in position to make the finals. You was in position. All right. Jackie Chan ran you down. Okay. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> All right. The grass running down. Everybody ran you down. Uh, uh, Chris Tucker ran you down. Everybody ran you down. Dog, it was like you was running backwards. You was moonwalking out there, son. And that's my only problem I have with your with, with, with your video. You did not take accountability for what you did. You never mentioned the fact that you missed two uh, you missed two practices. You threw the coaches and everybody else under the bus, and you slightly shaded shaded your teammates. But you say, "Well, they're my guys. It's on the third. But you slightly, but you slightly shaded them a little bit. See, here's why Fred Curley got the respect of every individual in track and field. That man got on Twitter and said, "Yo, put that on me." Yep. Trayvon Burrell, Tray, Trayvon uh, Bromel, he he still holds that on himself. Ronnie Baker had let, put a statement out and said, yo, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. But you made a reaction video, son, and you completely exonerated yourself from everything known to mankind. As if three members of hell or all five members on the screen don't know what really happened in Tokyo, baby. And we're not internet coaches. Most of us are coaches. Most of us are most of us was athletes. We know what we saw. What we saw was a guy who had no business being out there. Because like Stamps said, had you missed one practice, you wasn't running. So I say this respectfully. I don't, and so so if you see this, don't go out there to my, oh, well, that coach, well, they didn't start trying to diss me. No, because that, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. All right, because this is not a diss. What I'm trying to have you do is to take accountability and not just mention everybody else's mess ups and you left your own stuff out. Okay. Because we want to see you shine. Okay, hell, most of us, if you look at some of our early videos, we had you, one of us had you making the team. Not me. One, one, so so we stand lockstep in support of you because of who you because of who you came up under. And we also, we, you know, we also respect your talent. But son, you gotta roll with these guys. Don't do that. I defended you in 2019. Because I know that wasn't your fault. I defended you in 2019. So Lo and behold, I need I need you to I need you to not do that again. Okay. Hold yourself accountable and don't debate the coaches and don't debate the camera. Because the eye in the sky don't lie. Mm. I'm done. Oh. All right. So this you is know. what this is like. Oh, yeah. This is this is real barbershop talk, Kaji. 
I've been missing a lot of fun all this time. Well, you know, you can check us out on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. All the videos are uploaded. Also, you can check us out on Anchor, Spotify, pod, any podcast service that is out there. We got you. But Lamont, you, you spot on. I ain't going to add to it. I ain't going to add to it because I, I got to say this, though. When he when he stopped, when he stopped at that camera angle of his exchange, because regardless of what happened from, from Curly to Baker, Baker got that stick around, and I want to say he handed it off him. He handed it off either first or second. Like, he touched the baton first. Although he was behind everyone else, he still touched that stick like first or second. Maybe third. All right? And he just got outrun. He, he was in position, and he got outran. You yeah, didn't hold was. your own. Take accountability. You go down as a trivia question. Who is the only man to anchor a U.S. team to get run down in Olympic history in, in, in your specific lifetime? Son, that was you. Don't All throw right. people under the bus, baby. Don't and, right. and, we, and we say that with love. We, we don't hate you. We say that with love. Not at, not at all. All right, Stamps, man, reality check. So hopefully nobody's pissed you off in Michigan, man. Man, uh, now nah, it's two-part, though. Uh, first... Now, I want to say thank you for Kaji, you know, coming on, you know, the show and, and, and giving some greater detail and, and, and perspective. And, and I want to say thank you. Uh, you're going to get my roses, but uh, I'll say that for then. Um, but guys, support, man. Uh, the reality check I have is everybody wants to be the type of person that has something to say about something now that it's done. And it'd be really nice. It'd be super impactful if you could be supportive of of what Kaji's trying to do, what we're trying to do in an effort to help him and 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 bring this sport to the place that we all want to see it. And at the end of the day, you know, like Kyle speaks it, uh, I speak it, Lamont speaks it. Let's be support, man. Why why tear each other down? Because you know we've gotten tons of support from athletes that want to get in. You know, people that reached out to us to say, ah, this ain't real, or people that got something to say, you know, let's be supportive. Uh, my last reality check is, you know, when I go back to the college college realm, you know, I'm in a great space, man. I've been refilled. It's, it's, it's been so, it's been such a pleasure getting to know these amazing young people, uh, getting to see people, like, imagine what it's like going to practice and people want to be there. People want to push themselves to a limit on what's on the other side. People are actively getting their workouts from their uh, respective coaches and they either need my help to just time or, or hold their or count their recovery or, or time their recovery or, hey, coach, you know, hey, man, I'm trying to do some of this or some of this, some of that. And just the whole community that it's been when you're dealing in in a professional space. And as a college coach, it kind of deals with people that we know we all have them that are just members on the team, this is really cool to, to, to have everybody actively trying to be a professional in the sport that we want to be professionals in. And it's just reminding me of my time uh, in Saudi Arabia and, and working at that elite level and, and not having to convince somebody that, oh, we got to do the workout today or somebody here and they got a 350, 250, 150 and it's excitement. Oh, I want to see what I can come through the three yet. And so that that energy was good. So that reality check is, College kids, as you return back to college, do better, man. You came to school to run on a track and field scholarship. You know, might as well try to put your best foot forward. 
Oh, fast. So, Kaji, we're about to close out the show, um, and we give we give roses. I the the guys didn't know this. I just text them this, but I would. Pro I'm still gonna grant you, Kaji, if there if there is anyone you want to give roses to, but stamps, Lamont, man, we're gonna do blanket roses. Uh, we're gonna give out blanket roses to one person. I'm pretty sure y'all know who they're gonna go to. Uh, if you don't, you'll know as soon as like I fix my mouth to say it. So, Kaji, if there's just anyone you know you want to give them their roses while they can still smell them, this is the part of the show as we close out every single week. You know, we show that gratitude to them. Uh, my gratitude goes to my wife, and the main reason is because she's the one that would, when, when it's two o'clock, and I think I've burned both candles at all ends. And she goes all the way through to the sun comes up. I get up and go for a run, and she's still working. Not me. So my wife deserved 10 flowers, a billion flowers, any flower that I could, a whole flower garden just for that. And, and one last thing, there, there are a total of three uh, Olympians in our group right now, um, two from Tokyo and one from, um, from 2016. So we have, we have good people there. I'll leave it at that point. All right. So um, I'm not going to speak in grand detail at all, but the Blanket Roses stamps is to Cameron Burrell and the Burrell family. Mm -hmm. So um, and I'm sure in some shape, form or fashion, everyone is connected to their family in this sport. Uh, the, the unthinkable, the unimaginable happened. You know, we don't we still don't know what that young man was dealing with. Uh, I know my best friend worked alongside him while at Houston as his strength coach and on his professional journey. Um, so I can only imagine what he's feeling because they were together just earlier that day and the day prior. But we're giving blanket roses out to Cam Burrell and his family. So Stamps, Lamont, Kaji, if y'all want to speak on it, like, please go ahead. Let me, let me go first because – Stamps is very good with articulating his words, and he 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 does well closing out a segment like this. Um, and it's only fitting that he closes it out. Um, people, I don't care what you're dealing with. Stop thinking you have nobody to talk to. We 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 have to we have to stop for a second and invite people in the talk. We have to. Cameron Burrell was 26 years old. He didn't even see life yet, man. His father's hurting. Someone that we all love and respect as a professional. You know, we some of us, you know, we grew up on Leroy Burrell, watching him break the world record and and everything else that goes along with his with his great with his great athletic career and his wife they just lost their only child so i can't speak to the unimaginable hurt that they're going through right now all i can say is that once this video comes out i'm gonna need every with well, a student athlete childhood friend friend if you see me on Twitter, inbox me. I don't care. I'll talk to anybody. Hell, I'll talk to the wall if we can talk back. Anybody who knows me know I will do it. You, you, you come reach out to me, man. Reach out to somebody. 
sometimes the best advice you can get from a stranger with an open heart and in an open mind. Cause I don't, I, I don't, I want, I don't want to open my phone again and get text messages like that. Talk to somebody, and we have to allow ourselves to be accessible. It's twenty four hours in a day. We ain't busy all twenty four hours of the damn day. I'm sorry, all right? I don't care what Puff Daddy said. I, no one's busy twenty four hours of the day. Not, not when, not when mental health is at a, mental health, and 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 it's it's evolving problem is at an all-time high so reach out to reach out to people let's converse um let's talk because you never know you can save somebody's life man and i'll let i'll let stamps take it from there so uh vince was one of like you know, Carlos was his godfather, and Vince was essentially the same thing in, in a similar role. And I just got to spend time with Vince and Charla, and I learned something. Coleman, who is Vince's son, and him and Cam Burrell were born 12 hours apart. So Leroy, uh, Vince, or Charla shared a story with me where Leroy and Vince are tight. Um, uh, Leroy called, you know, just within that first 12 hours of Cam's life, and 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 said, hey, man, here's the types of things that you're going to need to do. Be ready. And that is your wife's going through birth. And that, he said, Leroy, it's already happened, man. Coleman's here. And Leroy was one of the people that helped them drive from Houston when Vince took the job up to Knoxville, uh, UT. And, you know, nobody wants to, 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 to hear that, let alone acknowledge it. Uh, I had a really close friend that it was a suicide. It's very close, you know, situation. And and as Mont said, I, I get emotional when I think about it because he, my, my homeboy Stephen uh, Wilson, uh, God rest his soul, uh, I came home for a family reunion, and the young lady I was dating at the time, in California, um, I was trying to, you know, we were just all hanging out at a family reunion, so we were just bouncing all over the place, and. Uh, my rental car, believe it or not, exploded. So I got caught up with that one whole day. And then it just, I had to leave the next day. And Steve was like, hey, man, I really got to talk to you. I really got to talk to you. I really got to talk to you. And I just didn't, I, I didn't make the time. When I was in the airport flying back to California, I got a call from his other friend. He never calls me. So I was like, this is odd. This guy's calling. And uh, Steve took his life the same way that uh, Cam did. And we definitely want to celebrate his life. Uh, we definitely want to always make ourselves available. There's never too busy of a time, you know, kind of piggyback off of what, what, uh, Vermont said. But I also think, um, we got to have some inherent, like, if, 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 a, if a young person goes to the training room for a sore calf muscle or hamstring, I, it's, it's obvious we're not doing enough on the, what's well, between the left ear and the right ear. Um, and being able to make it okay not about the mental health. I mean, it's not that it's not about the mental health space. It's about letting them know that they need to make sure that they're working on that part too. If you need to talk to somebody, I'm always advocating my kids. They have a let's talk in our training room. That's totally anonymous. Um, but then, you know, we got to find a way to break the stigma because as people of color feel like we can't tell somebody our problems, our issues, even if you just need to put them out there so somebody can help you process them better you know we're coaches we're people that care 
but we're not certified in any capacity to, 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 to help move you from one place to the next, but we can help you. So hopefully people can benefit and use this, this, this enormous loss um, to help support in going for further, like having a greater open door of, you know, of what's going on with mental health. So we want to uh, give our continued blessings uh, uh, to Leroy Burrell, his family, his, he had a young daughter that I guess by the looks of it wasn't quite more than a year old. I think her name was Amora. Uh, so she grows up and doesn't, you know, get to have a chance to have access to her father. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, we, we got to make sure we just continue to be here and, and hold people up. Uh, Coach Burrell, your family, we love you. And, you know, uh, I can't even imagine, you know, what you're going through, but just know that there's people here that, that got your back and support you. And uh, you'll get a, a, a some sort of a flower gift arrangement from the track chat crew in some capacity. We can talk about that when we get off the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, just in, just in closing, man, I, I don't want Cameron to like be an example, but I hope that from from everyone seeing and reading about Simone Biles pulling out, you know, Naomi pulling out, just just spending time on just athletes only. Like a lot of people have no understanding, like the difficulties um, and the mental endurance that you need to endure you know um so i hope that all of us anyone that's watching this and learning about what has happened to cam that they definitely take a step back um to just not take not take sport and i'm not saying he took his life because of sport but i'm using these athletes because what the media does, what people do, uh, they put so much emphasis on placing people in these boxes, you know, and putting right. emphasis on sport right. that can cause an unnecessary level of stress, you know, and it is serious. So, uh, I Stampson, we appreciate we appreciate somebody like Shakari that can be colorful and be serious about her craft but not be so serious to the point that it defines her you know because in some cases that does show a healthy balance or a healthy relationship that you may have with whatever it is that you may be doing and it doesn't have to be sport you could be a musician you could be a mechanic you know i know i just know you could be a coach i know people that when coaching is stripped away from them you know, they can go into a dark place, you know, or if their job, it can be teaching. So I just hope that we can use, you know, just this as an example of, hey, using it, but just learning from it and saying, you know what, life is not short. And I hate that, I hate that saying, I tell my mama when she said, life is precious. Life is precious. There's no blueprint for it. You know, we, we definitely only get one shot at it, but by all means, I want everyone to try to have enough fight, uh, enough courage in them 
to speak up when you really don't have the right words to say just have some words to say but have the courage to endure this life that we have been blessed to experience all right uh it's been an incredible episode kaji you know we got you uh everybody that tunes in every single week man we appreciate the support uh this has been another track chat with the most known unknowns i said every single week and i mean it guys i love y'all the undisputed era lamont kaji my guy one of the most genuine and most humble agents in the game uh just a good man the alchemist himself a son stamps we see y'all next week peace out